In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the fourth Sunday of the blessed month, Hatur. And as you know, each month of the Coptic year has a theme regarding the readings of Sundays. And the theme of Hatur is about the gifts of God. Hatur is the third month in the Coptic year. First month taught, the theme was the love of God. Second month, Baba, the theme was the power of God. And then this month, about the gift of God for the church to prepare us for the next month, which is Kyak, in which actually we celebrate the incarnation of the Son of God, which is the greatest gift that God the Father gave to us when he sent his Son to the world in order to save us, in order to redeem us. The first and second Sunday of Hatur, we read the parable of the sower. Because the first Sunday, it's about the gift of the word of God. God gave us his word. Give us his word as the incarnated son of God. That's what we will celebrate next month. And give us the word as the revealed word of God, oracles of God, his testimony, his statutes. And the word of God is the seed that the sower actually spread over the ground. And why it is repeated twice? The first Sunday speaks about the word of God. Second Sunday speaks about how God gave us everything we need to be fruitful. He gave us the sun, he gave us the water, he gave us the soil. He gave us also the endurance and the patience to take care of the seed in order to bear fruit. So as he gave us the word, the written word, he gave us the understanding. He gave us the ability to do his word and to apply his commandments. And also, he gave us the help of the Holy Spirit and the grace of the Holy Spirit to help us to live this commandment. That's why St. John, in his letters, he said, and we know that his commandments are not, uh, are not heavy, are not burdensome. Meaning, each one of us, through the grace of God, can keep the commandment of God. Then the third Sunday, which is the last Sunday, the Lord also gave us another gift to be his disciples. The Lord called us to follow him and to be his disciples. And in discipleship, the Lord united us with himself. So when we are united with him, 
He will transform us and will be transformed into His image, in His likeness. And He explained to us that in order to receive this gift of discipleship, we need to forsake all what we have, we need to carry our cross, and we need actually to make God priority in our life. This is actually the gift of discipleship. God chose us to be his disciples. And today, actually, the last Sunday is about the gift of eternal life. You may ask why God gave us the word, why God gave us the ability to make this word fruitful in our life, why God called us to be his disciples. The purpose of all this is the eternal life. As the Lord said, and you heard it today, I say to you, there is no one who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the Gospels, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions, and in age to come, eternal life. So the ultimate goal is to inherit the eternal life. If we follow the Lord Jesus Christ, so the Lord, at the end of his life on earth, he ascended to heaven and sat at the right hand of the Father. When we follow him, and follow doesn't mean we walk after him. No, follow means to be united with him. So where is he is right now? He's in heaven. So those who are his disciples will be in heaven with him. That's why St. Paul, in his letter to Ephesians, he said, he seated us with him in the heavenly places. He seated us with him in the heavenly places. And that is the only way to enter heaven. In the fraction of the bright Saturday, when he spoke about how the Lord entered into the heaven of heavens, he said, this place which no one with human nature can enter. So no one with human nature can enter heaven of heavens, which means all of us cannot enter the heaven of heavens. But the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, He took our humanity. So He can He can enter because He is the Son of God, He is God. But He entered into the heaven of heavens with our humanity. Why? in order actually to open the door for us in him to enter into the heaven of heavens. So the only way to have eternal life and to be in the heaven with Jesus Christ when you abide in him here on earth. And the Lord told us, when you forsake anything for my sake here on earth, whether house, lands, brother, sister, father, mother, etc. You will be blessed here on earth. 
and you will receive hundredfold here on earth as well as the eternal life. But he added one word with persecutions. With persecutions. Because as I told you, another requirement to be a disciple of the Lord is to carry your cross. So you will be blessed here on earth, but also you will receive the, some persecution. And St. Paul perceived or understood the persecution as a gift. As he said in his letter to Philippi, it is given to you not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. So, in the Christian theology, suffering is considered a gift. Not because we enjoy pain and we are sadistic, no. Because we know the suffering is the road to glory. If we suffer with him, then we'll be glorified with him. As a farmer who toil and labor and suffer in order to enjoy the harvest time. As a student who study hard and prevent himself from some fun and pleasures of the world in order to enjoy success and good career. As a patient who endures the suffering of treatment and surgery and recovery in order to enjoy good health. So we choose to suffer with the Lord and to carry our cross in order to enjoy eternal life. The place out of which grief, sorrow, and groaning have fled away. In eternal life, there is no pain, there is no sorrow, there is no sufferings, there is no grief. But the Gospel of today ended with a warning. When he said, but many who are first will be last, and the last first. For example, Israel. Israel, God called them my firstborn son. They were first. They were the first nation to believe in God and to worship him. But since they rejected the Son of God, and they did not believe in him, and they crucified him, now they are last. And the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, who actually, in the Old Testament, before the incarnation of the Son of God, they were last, because they were worshipping idols, and they living in sin and iniquity, completely away from God. But when they accepted the Son of God to be their Lord and their God and their Savior, they became first in the New Covenant. And what applies on Israel and the Gentiles apply also on us as individuals. Some actually who are first, but if they don't live up to their calling, if they don't abide in the commandment of God and abide in Christ, unfortunately will be last. But people 
who are considered last when they accept the Lord Jesus Christ and live sincerely with him and abide in him will be first like Judas Iscariot he was one of the twelve so he was considered among the first and the thief on the cross all his life he was a thief and he is counted as the last but what happened at the end of the life of Judas he betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ and he sold him for 30 pieces of silver and did not repent and killed himself so Judas was considered first he became last and the thief who spent all his life in sin and completely away from God when he believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and prayed to him remember me O Lord when you come into your kingdom God told him today you will be with me in the paradise and he became the first he became one of the first people who entered into the paradise of joy on Good Friday so many who are first would be last and the last first it gives hope but also there is warning in it gives hope if until now I am last among the last if until now I am away from God it is never too late just turn to the Lord sincerely with your heart and then you will be among the first and we have this example of the thief on the cross and the warning for those who consider themselves among the first be careful and be watchful lest you fall down and you will be counted among the last so the gift of God to us is eternal life and that's why the church brought to us the story of the rich man who came to the Lord Jesus Christ asking him very important question what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life what shall I do and the Lord actually gave him two steps the first step keep the commandment observe the commandment so in order for us to inherit the kingdom of God we need to observe the commandments and the Ten Commandments were classified into two groups the first four about our love toward God and from the fifth commandment to the tenth about loving one another that's why they used to, to, to summarize the Ten Commandments love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself and I can summarize the whole Bible the whole commands of God in one word which is love as St. Augustine said love the Lord God and do whatever you want to do if we really love God then 
we, nothing will separate us from his love in our life. So in order to inherit the kingdom of God, you need to love God and also to love the other as yourself, which implies that you love also yourself. And this should be the guidelines for us in repentance and confession. You need to examine yourself in your relationship with God, your relationship with others, and your relationship with yourself. Relationship with God is your spiritual canon. Prayer, fasting, scripture, coming to the church, repentance, confession, communion, tithing. Relationship with others, do you show love in your relationship with others or not? Gossiping, slandering, judging, fighting, yelling, all this doesn't actually show that we have love toward one another. We need to be kind, to be nice, to be gentle to one another. And then loving yourself means to keep yourself pure and holy. When you keep yourself pure and holy, that's how you love, you show love to yourself. And two things usually attack us, our thoughts and our habits. If we have evil thoughts, judgmental thoughts, any bad thoughts, this actually can defile the person. Also bad habits, like smoking, drinking, gambling, any bad habit can defile the person. So these are the three dimensions in keeping the commandment of God. Love the Lord your God, love your neighbor, and also love yourself. Not the selfish love, but love yourself mean work out your salvation with fear and trembling, as St. Paul said. That's the first level in discipleship. That's the first level in answering this question when he said, Lord, what should I do that I may inherit eternal life? Then this youth said to the Lord Jesus Christ, I observed this commandment since my youth. And the Lord was proud of him. He, he loved him. He loved him. As we read, he, Jesus looking at him loved him and said to him, One thing you lack. God, who actually searches the hearts and the reins, he knew what this rich man was lacking. There was an obstacle for this rich man, which is love of money, trusting the money. So the Lord detested him, and he told him, one thing you are lacking, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven, and come and take up the cross and follow me. But he couldn't do it, because he trusted the money. Trusted the money. And these are, there are actually three obstacles. Even when we observe the commandment, these three obstacles can pull us back from abiding 
in Christ. The first obstacle is love of money or trusting money. The second obstacle is love of pleasure. Love of pleasure. This also can take me back from abiding in Christ. And the third obstacle is loving oneself, but in a selfish way. When I say me first, and it appears or manifested in pride and arrogance. Like the scribe and Pharisees, these people, they kept the law. And they kept the law in a very sincere and meticulous way. But because of their pride and their arrogance, actually they could not abide in Christ. So these are the three obstacles. And this man, because the love of money, he actually couldn't follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord warned us and he said how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished at his words. So he explained, not any rich man cannot enter the kingdom of God because we have many saints who were very rich, but they did not trust in money. They did not love the money. Like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they were very rich. Job, he was very rich. But they did not trust the money. They put their trust in the Lord. That's why the Lord elaborated, children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And until now, we see how money divide people. We see siblings, brothers and sisters, they divided against each other because of money. For example, if they want to split inheritance or whatever, many, many problems and many conflict because the love of money. We see in partnership when people actually become partners together in business. Many, many times, very often, that friends who are very, very close friends, when they get in partnership, actually they fight with each other because of the love of money. Money divided many people, divided family, divided friends. But when actually we get rid of the love of money in our heart, will be true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have examples in the scripture. Two brothers were fighting about their inheritance. And they went to the Lord Jesus Christ to help them to divide the inheritance among them. And the Lord actually refused to start mediating between both of them to to split the inheritance. But the Lord actually treated the root of this division, of this conflict. He told them the root of this conflict is the greediness. If you get rid of greediness, love of money, 
you would be able to split the inheritance easily among both of you. And he gave them the parable of the foolish rich man who actually gathered and gathered for himself. And then a voice came to him, tonight your soul will be taken. Are you ready? Are you ready for eternal life or not? So here, in order to be able to love God and to follow him sincerely, let us uh, get rid of the love of money. Job, when he lost everything, he said, the Lord, the Lord has provided, the Lord has taken, may the name of the Lord be glorified. He had money, he had wealth, but he was not attached to this wealth. When there is attachment to the wealth, and we trust the wealth and the money, actually it becomes another God in our life. The Lord said, you cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve God and mammon. Either to love the one and hate the other. So, love of money is actually hatred to God. We saw St. Anthony the Great actually fulfilled this commandment. While the rich man heard this from the mouth of the Lord himself and could not apply this commandment, St. Anthony was like all of you came to the church on Sunday and heard this gospel and heard the deacon reading this gospel from Mark chapter 10. If you want to be perfect, go sell what you have, give it to the poor and follow me carrying your cross. And Anthony said, these words are for you, Anthony. And he had 300 acres. He sold it. He distributed to the poor. And he went to the desert and he started to live a life of poverty for the sake of the Lord. And he completely rid himself from the love of money. And when we see, as the Lord promised, if you forsake anything for my sake, you will receive hundredfold. Indeed, St. Anthony received hundredfold. All the monasteries are called actually monasteries of St. Anthony because he is the father of monks in the whole world. Not only the Coptic Church considers St. Anthony father of monks, but the Eastern Orthodox and the Catholic consider St. Anthony the father of monasticism. He did not have children because he lived a celibate life. But all the monks in the whole world consider St. Anthony as their father. They became spiritual children. So when actually you think whether St. Anthony gave or received, yes, he gave. He gave the 300 acre. He gave up his right to marry and have children. But in reality, he received hundredfold here on earth and in the, etern- in the age to come, he received the eternal life. So God is giving us today the eternal life as a free gift. It's in our hand to accept this gift or to reject it. St. Anthony received this gift, but the rich man rejected this gift. We can see 
Where's an Anthony now? And we don't know where the rich man is. Let us open our hearts and let's open our minds to receive the word of God and to receive the gift of eternal life, to follow him and to abide in him. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. Amen.